Satnam, hello beautiful souls and welcome to the Spiritual Lives show. I'm your host, Isa. I'm a mentor and an intuitive healer using Reiki, channeling, mediumship, as well as a Kundalini Yoga teacher and a lover of all things spiritual. I'm so excited to invite you all to join me on this podcast to find out how to integrate more spirituality into your daily life, to explore yourself, to embrace your uniqueness, to heal, to define what you like to manifest in your life, and to find ways to create a new world together. Some of the shows will be just me sharing my own experiences and stories, and other shows will dive into discussions with brilliant human beings. You can expect conversations about modern spirituality, awakening, alignment, spiritual practices, purpose and life's missions, mediumship, clairs, reiki, yoga, past lives and so much more. You will also get regular guided meditations that I channel from archangels to offer you support and healing. I believe that you are unique, that you are a beautiful soul searching for your truth and happiness. I believe that you have a unique voice and once you find it, you can have a great impact in your community and in this new world that we are all creating. So let's get started. Remember to subscribe to listen to all episodes and join me in this deep exploration and alignment to self and get in touch on spirituallives.co or at spirituallives on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. And if you want to join an awesome spiritual community, Join us on Facebook at Spiritual Lives Community. Satnam and welcome to episode three of the Spiritual Lives show. I'm Isa and in today's episode, I'm very happy to welcome Henry Kathleen, who's a great friend of mine, who I met at the beginning of my new life in 2014. So he knows all about my personal transformation. Henry is a Japanese style garden designer who transitioned to being a photographer. He's absolutely brilliant, has an incredible sensitivity and sense of aesthetics, and he's amazingly strong-willed, which supported him throughout his self-taught career and throughout transformation. Hello, Henry. Welcome. Say hi to everybody. Hello. <laughs> Thank Hello. you so much for being here. So, the reason why I'm bringing you today on the Spiritual Life Show is simply because being your friend, I have witnessed you going through life transitions and life-changing transformation with such grace and proficiency. Yes, yes, yes. But I'm convinced you can bring light and knowledge to this topic that I particularly love, which is life-changing transformations. So before going in the heart of the subject, I want to ask you a bit about when and how you experienced your spiritual awakening. Difficult to pinpoint it exactly, but think I have always um, been guided by it perhaps more than others even when I was a child I just didn't want to do certain things didn't I knew I didn't fit into this place so I just I just went and made myself happy doing pursuing whatever I wanted and 
didn't really fit in with the school system either not interested I always knew that I'd be better off away from the crowd and so I, I suppose in my adult life I've just trusted that more and followed that uh, that guidance if you like and then as time goes by it just grows and grows and grows and that, as it does you just rely upon it more there's been some bumps along the journey and how it should be but um yeah um so that's the when and the house <laughs> was that what you asked me the house yes the house how, did it, how, did how, it... how do you experience it maybe you know because it's been so natural for you to awaken to uh, spirituality and your spiritual being so you you're kind of talking of being aligned with with self by following your truth and what really uh, uh what was driving driving you um maybe how do you feel this alignment or how do you feel that something is right for you ah uh, you see i'm beginning to learn that it's it's built in as a as the intuition the right thing to do but it's my mind that gets in the way and misguides me being too analytical judgmental um comparing myself to what everybody else is doing in society and what we're told to do that's where this confliction arises a lot of the time that's where you'll find most of the troubles but if you can find <laughs> a way of moving those thoughts to one side and then trusting what's within, then almost out of nowhere, as if by magic, there are little signs that show you that this is the way that some things are supposed to be. You get little helping hands, you meet the right people, opportunities turn up. And like I say, trusting that more and more only brings more and more of these opportunities to you. So, yes. yeah, like I say, um, just still learning this lesson almost every day. <laughs> and I do have to remind myself to, you know, avoid these tricks of the mind. But uh, it's fun as you do it. And I would certainly encourage more people to um, perhaps try and tune in to their intuitive self uh, as yes. much as they can, because there's like paradise awaits. Definitely. And I think, as you say, it's good to tune in your own sense of uh, intuition, because I think it really manifests for all of us in a different way. Mm -hmm. But then, as you say, there are so many synchronicities in the universe mm -hmm. uh, and in our environment to just like confirm what we are doing and, uh, you know, what's the right path or the right choice, which is really great when, you know, you're just trying out something or you're just trying to see if that's the right thing for you. Right. Um, so diving into the subject now, uh, I happen to know, because you're my friend, because I know, I've known you for, for quite a while now, that two major life-changing transformation you 
operated them on your own in your life. And the first one being when you started this incredible Japanese garden from scratch. And uh, as you said to me once, with very little knowledge of gardening and of Japanese gardens. And the second uh, more recent being you, um, when you decided to become a photographer. And again, self-teaching you uh, everything. So what I like to ask you about that first is, uh, do you remember a moment when you decided uh, that your life was going to change and that you would make this change happen? Um, yeah, and how, how, how did it manifest for you? Opportunity. Now, how, how the opportunity came about, perhaps I had given the universe clues <laughs> that I needed to change and it presented itself to me um, quite indirectly though. Um, like you say, when I started this project in the Japanese garden, I, I was told that there would be three weeks work available and it turned into seven years because of how I was led by it and how I approached it this opportunity came along to literally be the lowest part of a team I would be making cups of tea carrying buckets mixing cement all day long the most laborious the worst run <laughs> Like all the hard work, it, it would be three weeks. But there was something different about this project. And a lot of that came down to um, the person who was um, in charge of it. He had a very different approach to work, which caught my eye. I thought, hello, this is a bit different. Um, because of his, you know, his studies in Japan, uh, he had a complete. He had he was approaching his work with a real spiritual um, inclination, and I thought, God, this. And I just something within me just rose, and I just knew, I just knew that this was the thing. Completely different to all of the. This was another just typical job for me. It would last three weeks, and I'd move on to the next thing. But there was something about this one that was just magical. And so I just opened up my heart and said, I'm going into this with everything to see what comes of it. And wouldn't you know it, <laughs> it turned into a year of constructing this Japanese garden where we completely transformed a landscape into a paradise on a private property. And then when that work came to, that phase came to a close, I was then, because already in that year, I had changed so much and put out all of this different energy. I was then asked to stay and look after the garden. And that is where the following six years had just the most profound change with me personally, because I was then, alone in nature to look after protect it and discover all of these different nuances of how um, gardening is done from an eastern perspective as opposed to the western 
which is all about dominance and control and everything being very linear, linear and rigid and predictable, they were the other spectrum. So anyway, six years of being immersed in all of that, if you come out of that without <laughs> not changing <laughs> in some way, you've really missed the point quite spectacularly. Um, so yeah, which then after that episode ended, like a chapter closing in my life, I then um, decided to take the, the bigger life lessons from, from this experience and use them in the same way, but in a completely different discipline. And the reason I did that was because I thought, well, if I can do, by the way, I don't, not to toot my own horn, but the Japanese garden was a tremendous success. It's, it was stood very proud. It had notoriety across the country. It was presented to, at the Japanese embassy, took me to all kinds of places, um, and I met all kinds of people, and it was, very, it, was, it was praised. It was a great success, all organically done as well, which is pretty niche. I think it was the only organic Japanese garden that I know of in the whole country. Anyway, point being is that that was such a great success. I could have really been tempted to carry on doing that, but I didn't see anything to be gained spiritually from that. I saw it as life showing me, teaching me how to be this way and really, really live this way. And in order for me to sort of prove that this is right, to, to trust it, I had to go and do something different. Yeah. But apply the same logic, just to yeah. see. And this is where we are literally today. I am birthing this new career, this new chapter with the same, everything that I've learned from that incredible episode. And hopefully I'll grow into it, but, Again, I don't know anything <laughs> about what I'm about to do, but I just know it's going to work out. Yeah, and what, what's been really amazing with this um, Japanese garden is how um, you gave birth to it and you accompanied it to, you know, throughout its life as much as it did for you you know see you grow see you leave and and gave you so many lessons and one of the one of the questions that i have is if you have one lesson that you want to keep within your heart and share with the audience today, what would it be? One lesson from this Japanese garden. And I know it's a tough question maybe because it's seven years of your life, but, and so many lessons as well. Um, but yeah, what would it be? You're right. right? There's a hundred different ways that I could answer this, but I think the, the number one thing is to observe nature because it taught me everything about everything that you need to know about this existence you can find in nature it's apparent it's right there for you if you go for a walk and you sort of you know you've got a destination and you're going on your walk through a park through a forest that's not really 
being engaged with nature but if you if you just quieten the mind and and connect with what's going all the forces that are at play it opens up a completely different world and experience for you and you you begin to see that humans with our incredible capacity for thought and creativity is all governed by the mind but it's sort of directed by the heart ultimately and so I learned how to look after myself um, mentally physically I've changed so much there's so much going on in this garden that if I can care for this and I see how precious it is and it would be the worst thing in the world if somebody would come along and just tread on this beautiful moss or something like that you realize that oh actually I'm made of the same stuff too yeah. <laughs> why don't I start looking after myself a bit yeah better? observe nature it's got all the answers for us and it, it when you when you do so everything's so much simpler there's no need to be stressed out. There's plenty of time. There's plenty of abundance in the world. Yeah. And it's all right there for us if we could just learn how to wind down these minds of ours. And, and actually, you talked about um, how uh, it changed you personally. And that's what I wanted to go into because your professional experiences and changes are actually the tip of the iceberg because every time the change really happens uh, within. And um, what's your professional reality is all happening because of a personal and a spiritual change. And, um, and I think observing you uh, and knowing you as well, that you always come closer to your truth and to uh, your current truth as well, because I think it can also evolve through life. And uh, so can you tell me a bit more about that? I mean, it, a, a lot of healing happened during that time in the Japanese garden too. And it helped me... Um, put some things that happened in my past into a, into perspective and it also laid things to rest that had ad agitated me and in doing so it kind of it readdresses the balance again it brings you more present into into the moment when you don't spend too much you don't, you don't have too much baggage from the past holding you back or too many fears about the, the distant future. Um, it was not only healing for myself, but this you cultivate an energy within you that you can now give to so many, everything around you. Yes. And so you attract, you attract all kinds of things. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I've just tailed off a little bit. Perhaps you should ask me another question. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's just let's just talk about willpower. 
I've said, I've mentioned how strong-willed you are and, and how determined you are. Um, and I would like to have a little insight of how, like, how do you per perceive your own willpower and how, how does it fuel your energy and your vision you know, to create the reality you want or to, to yeah, to, to give, um, just to give it life, really, to birth it. That's a, a great question. Because uh, I would never say that I have a talent for anything at all. I, I, you know, I think you find them. I think you can develop them. Um, some people are just they just seem to pick things up and and they have these great skills and everything. I never had them. Um, but what I was very good at is turning up <laughs> and being ready to learn if yeah. I'm interested in the subject. Because <laughs> I was rubbish at it at school. Well, seeing, <laughs> seeing how you learn and how you're able to use the, the knowledge, I would say that's a talent. When I see your garden, <laughs> when I see your pictures yeah, yeah. as well, I mean, uh, you, will, you will give your Instagram to, to people uh, at the end of this, but it's just incredible to see how you pick up things. And I think this is also due to your, your high sensitivity, very high sensitivity. So maybe that's actually a link we can do between willpower and sensitivity, how it's kind of complementary in a way. Between willpower and sensitivity. Yeah, that's right, because um, it can quite, willpower can often be an egoic driven thing. Um, but if you, if you have, if you carry that willpower backed my gosh, you can make anything happen. That's, that's quite, quite a difference for me. So um, knowing that what I'm going to put energy into feels congruent and true is where all the good stuff happens, for sure. Um, and it only builds more, more discipline and willpower. Because you, you see, like, and it, it can be a daily thing, like, I had to get up at five o'clock every morning to enter that garden exactly how I wanted it to be. I didn't want to turn up late or rushed or, or confused. I would leave early so I'd get bypass all the rush hour traffic and then I'd be ready and willing to have a great day and learn. And I would be there from f like from six o'clock in the morning until it was dark in the evening, weeks and months and years on end, because I wanted to. And the more I wanted this garden to become what I could see, see in my mind, it it happened. But it happens every single day in and in every single moment, every single action that I had every single sweep of a broom or clip. And I did millions, by the way, because this place was massive, a huge undertaking. I still don't know how I did it. <laughs> but I did it because, well, I do know how I did it. 
it's because I loved it so much. Yes. Yeah, that's where. Yes. Yeah. And actually, it's great that you're saying this because I wanted to go back to this notion of actually being driven by your heart and the fact that our truth often lies in what feels good. Mm. Often, if not always, <laughs> actually uh, lies in what, what feels good in your heart and what uh, feels joyful. Yeah, yeah. Like, because at the moment we're seeing, we're being trained in, I don't know, I, I, we are teaching ourselves to take uh, fast food and instant things that we think are making ourselves feel good this instant gratification the more you do that um the the further you're 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 moving away from from finding out what you really need as nourishment for yourself and cultivating this energy within yourself so it might not be glamorous and you might think that Guys, the long way round to get to this place that I want to do, but that's the point. <laughs> yes, and I guess uh, one thing that we can say is that uh, there is the instant gratification vs versus the long-term, deep and profound um, heartful learning, mm. heartful joy yeah. you know heartfelt joy and it's that's that may be the difference and uh, between being driven by your heart and your mind absolutely and one thing i want to go back to as well is you saying that you're good at showing up because at the end of the day and that's one of the things i actually wanted to to discuss about uh, showing up is actually the only thing you need to do. Then it's kind of unfolding. And what I wanted to share is how uh, I observe a lot how people, when they're facing transitions, and life-changing situations, they're really hesitating because they're doubtful and they don't know how it's going to happen and fear of, you know, what could happen, fear of unknown, basically. And um, they often take so much time to finally get started or even sometimes don't get started at all. When actually when you start and when you really commit to something and show up that's when the universe is backing you up because it's kind of like i always took it as like uh the universe uh backing you up only when you are ready to face anything in order to fulfill your dream or to reach your goal or you know just committing a hundred percent to this change you know so showing up yes please tell me a bit more about <laughs> it's a great topic by the way because you could easily be someone that says 
oh yeah, what are they talking about? I show up on there every time just as much as they are. It's how you show up and how you, how you carry yourself into this situation. I've been there a lot because you might not be able to see, you won't see actually, you often think that you're getting further and further away from, from this thing that you're pursuing um, and you lose faith in it. But what, what I managed to do in that Japanese garden, I was there nearly every day. I didn't miss a single day off sick or anything like that because I just was so committed to it. How I, how I was showing up was with, was with an open heart and so much love and it just it just felt right all the time and so that's where eventually because you have to go through some really <laughs> tough times and dark places and of course you have so many times where you're thinking I have no idea what I'm doing here I don't know how to get out of this situation but I'm in it and it's in those moments where you, you are asked to show up again with just the same intent and yes. trust it because it will come together. Yes. I'm right there at the moment with photography, by the way. I have, I, in my mind, I have no place at this table. I will keep going because I know that it, it, I can see signs of it slowly, slowly turning. Just don't let your mind trick you into thinking yes. that yes. Cause it will. Yes. And, and don't let, let your mind trick you about all the limiting beliefs that, you know, we all built during our early stages in life. And, uh, and that kind of like we continue to, to reinforce throughout our experience uh, by attracting things uh, to confirm what we believe is true. And this is when it's so important what you say about how you show up, because if you show up with trust and with faith, that even if you're actually going through such a difficult moment, it's, gonna, it's not going to last because it's actually just a moment where maybe there is a lesson to learn. Maybe there is something that's going to happen that's actually key to the, the success or or, or, or you know, completing this project or whatever is the challenge that you are facing. But if you show up trusting that it's not the end, that it's going to change and that it's going to transform into the thing that you want it to become, then this is when you're attracting um, the opportunities that are going to help. And uh, so, yeah, I love that. I really love this. Yeah, I mean, you were there when I was doing this. So it, it, and I remember you having great concerns about what I was doing, but I knew what I was going to do because we haven't mentioned the fact that when I started this Japanese garden project, I got rid of 99% of all of my possessions, including my bed, and slept on the floor. Yes, I was concerned for... <laughs> Yeah, I, I did remember this time. <laughs> On the side, everybody thought I was utterly crazy. And I'm not, I'm, now I'm in a position where I can see that you don't necessarily have to go that far. I did have to go that far at the time because I was so far out of alignment with myself. I mean, just... Yeah, heavy. you kind of stripped out, uh, stripped out everything to kind of realign maybe with you. 
yourself yeah. and just ground again. Totally. It was, that's really, it was so important because what, what you're doing by showing up, if you're showing up with not 100% of yourself there, then you're not really in. You're kind of, you, you, you're right at the edge of, of wanting to go in and learn this new thing. But I had to do all of that to kind of like show to myself that are you really, really going to go for this? Other people don't have to go to those extremes. Yeah, that's that. what I was going to say. Sometimes <laughs> you don't have to go that extreme to you, you know get me. the lesson. But it, it, can be, it can be useful. And actually, I think in our society that is really focused on what you have, what you possess. It's actually a good exercise to just um, try and do without. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I remember one of my happiest time being one where I was sleeping in, in a tent uh, and I had just my, my uh, backpack, you know, with, with me and that was it. And I was really happy. <laughs> I was really happy. Just on a side note, that is something that is well worth always having a, uh, a look at in your life. Um, but in regards to what we're talking about, it was me sh like just saying like, how much do you want this, Henry? Because yes. you've got all of these other distractions that are all around us these days. Constantly, there's another option for your attention. But I was pushing everything into the middle of the table and saying, I'm gambling on this. Yeah, same direction. Yeah, and yeah. it's matching, because um, I'm putting so much action into this, you have to back it up. Yeah. You back it up with your fullest best intentions and just wait to see what happens for you it's remarkable and then after time you cultivate such a different attitude towards life it's a great grand lesson for anybody thinking of if they're on the sidelines wondering whether they should go into something i would encourage them to just leap in have an open heart and you're going to be worried. It's only natural. <laughs> it's all going to be new and embrace it. Really embrace it and follow, yeah. follow it. It sounds cheesy, but. Well, I wouldn't say that because it's what I like to say, because it's, it's a, a great image. I think is that when change is here, the surf, the wave of change yeah. so that everything you know, is really smooth instead of kind of like not surfing it, blocking it, falling into the water, because that's actually resistance that is creating more and more uh, blocks and challenges uh, to change. When you actually decide something for yourself, okay, this is the situation, this is how I'm going to deal with it, then you can only go with the flow. And it's, it's way more, it's way easier to embrace it at the end of the day, even though this is a leap of faith and of trust. Mm -hmm. Because that's another lesson that the, the garden showed me is that nothing stays still. And if you want to, you can't freeze time, you know, you can't hope that things are going to stay this way to forever. You need to be 
be able to grow into new situations and lead with your heart. And it's, it'll be okay if you yeah. think that way. Really, really well. And this makes me think, and this whole conversation actually has made me think of this amazing picture uh, that you uh, took in the Japanese garden, uh, which is a lotus flower, uh, which is dying basically, which is in the, in the water and which is going to die. And I remember us talking about it because you had very uh, mixed feeling feedbacks about this picture. And I said to you, I just love it because it's such an expression of what life is, what your garden is and what it is to actually just have faith and and release fear of death which is very much i mean it's completely related to this subject of change because when change occurs it's the, the, the reason why human beings are resisting it is because something's dying. Something we are used to is dying. It's the end of it. And instead of seeing the new page and the new opportunities and the new beginnings and everything that's actually um, positive about change, we have this tendency of looking at what we know and how it's disappearing. Yeah. Any comment? <laughs> I think you pretty much summed it all up. But well, yeah, I mean, that's that was really interesting what you say about how uh, people view that picture because I think it's one, it's something incredibly beautiful and something that I was witnessing every day in the in the garden because it's all about regeneration and it, how it all fed itself. I did it all organically, so it was about nurturing the soil, which was the, the decaying matter of what used to be above ground goes below and then it rises up and becomes this beautiful dance that you get. It's, it's amazing. It's pure magic. I would highly recommend it for therapy, any, any kind of <laughs> spiritual yeah. reasons, go and grow something. Be around yeah. it and recognize that if you mimic this in a way it's 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 a beautiful life to live but if you try and resist that or or and i'll tell you what was also interesting is that by not using any chemicals or fertilizers to force nature either you can't because you're thinking of the future and you want to override nature to get it to that position you introduce these chemicals, you're, it's the wrong energy entirely because yes, you might see a, a, a vigorous flush of growth, sustainable, it could, they very often die, the soil will decay, there's no longevity in that way of thinking. Whereas if you just be with nature and see how this works and nurture it, then you can achieve the most incredible things. But you mustn't be, you must embrace that things die and fall to the ground 
as much as things grow and just watch them how they do that don't be scared of either where it's where it's going or what's been behind is all just perfectly perfectly as it should be yes yeah. and i think i think one of maybe the the last um a lesson that we could talk about is a lesson of great patience mm. and it is so important in the Japanese garden of course as you explained you know not being willing to rush it just um, being here just being you know and in the moment and seeing it evolve uh, and change in its own right time and I think we can make a parallel with spiritual life, with human beings, with, you know, living beings in general. But one of the first lessons and still uh, one that I'm still in the process of learning uh, is patience. Uh, you know, when, when, uh, when you, I know that for me, it was the case when I awakened to spirituality I was so impatient. I was so willing for things to be faster, to go faster, to, to, you know, for the change to happen faster, for me to awaken to new things faster. And actually what's, what it has taught me is to be patient, to leave the present moment and to be really anchored in it and to really observe what's beautiful about just being. Absolutely. Because the way I see it, when I have those moments of frustration about, oh, I wish I was you know, more skilled at this or just further along. And uh, very often this is brought on by, um, you know, bills are paying, paying up around, piling up around you. You don't know how you're going to get out of this. Um, I think I'm led into those situations by by this impatience, as as you say. And if you can find yourself in that moment, and yeah, garner that that spirit from within, you will find you'll find find patience in the storm. When I've overreacted in those situations, it puts me further back in where I want to be. You know, if, if I think, oh my God, it's again, it's that, are you into this thing or not? Because it's, it's tough test. You know, this life that we've built around us in the Western world is so frenetic, too frenetic. It's, we're seeing now people falling, you know, out of sync more and more and more. So it is a hell of a test for you to try and find yourself in those moments and be patient and be in the moment but that's where the greatest rewards are. So that's what I'd say. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Do you, do you want to share something with the audience that they will keep with them? Uh, and that's really important to hear. Oh gosh. Well, I think taking time to sit down and listen to <laughs> us talk about these things is a wonderful thing. It really, it really does. It proves that your intentions are right, that you at least want to listen to other people's opinions. Because I think in this world at the moment with 
everyone being so angry and they're very rigid in their thinking and how what their approach to life is far too harsh please be kind to yourself listen to others be patient trust the universe get outside and stop thinking so bloody much (laughs) (laughs) thank you um can you tell everybody where to find you yes i'll be in the woods (laughs) Online, maybe. Ah, <laughs> 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 right. You can see yeah, your what? beautiful pictures and your beautiful uh, face. Instagram is the thing that I use most, not that often, but um, where you can find lots of pictures. And there's a, um, I'm at henry.catling, C A T L I N G. That's my main account. And there you can find the page for the Japanese garden as well. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Henry, for being on the Spiritual Life show. Very first interview on the show. Thank you so much for listening as well. And uh, until next time, light and magic. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if so, please subscribe, share it with your loved ones and I'd be so grateful if you leave a review. If you're interested in becoming a client for spiritual and energy mentoring, please find me at spirituallives.co. Until next time, love and magic.